Vegan Radio is about to air its 50th episode on Valley Free Radio, and we're going to record the show live at Cafe Evolution in Florence, Mass. Please join us on Wednesday, January 16th at 6 p.m. for a gourmet vegan dinner prepared by chefs Heather Bergeron and Eden Love. After dinner, we'll be chowing down on some decadent vegan cheesecake made by Oh Sweet Mama's Vegan Bakery. And then we're going to kick and stretch and kick and record our 50th episode right in front of you, our studio audience. Dennis Cromit will be our musical guest, and it's going to be so much fun. Oh, yeah. For more information, check it out at www.veganradio.com. You know you're joins in for some tofu. Vegan Radio would like to thank John Schwenk for contributing the recording of the talk Mark Matthew Bronstein gave at Northeastern Connecticut Vegetarian Society last June, which we played on our last show. Shout out to John. I would also like to apologize in advance to today's featured guest, Carolyn DuPont, for screwing up the name of her cookbook twice. The correct name is Enlightened Eating. Ah. And without further ado, we are interrupting the normally scheduled broadcasting to bring you the latest in tofu technology. That's right. It's another episode of Vegan Vegan Radio. Whoopee. (laughs) I know you're all excited. Today we are scotless, scot-free, and chillin' like villains. That's right. Scott wishes he could be here, but he's he's uh, busy with his girlfriend in England. Very busy. How do you know he's busy? <laughs> How do I know he's busy? I don't know. Three weeks in England? <laughs> he's jonesing to come home, I bet you. I don't think so. So on today's show, we're going to talk about New Year's resolutions with Barry Lovelace. Our favorite vegan gym owner. Gym owner. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's also he's a he's a great motivational speaker and yeah. And he brought us uh, vegan treats. He did. Once upon a time, we also have Carolyn Dupont, author of Conscious Eating, a cookbook. It's about half raw and half cooked, and mostly vegan. And uh, also, we have some news. And that song you just heard was uh, Dennis Cromit, who's going to be on our 50th episode. Why don't you tell them about our our big bash at Evolution? Our big bash. So two weeks from today, or two weeks from yesterday, actually, Wednesday, January 16th, we are going to have a uh, big party at Cafe Evolution, and we're going to record a show live to be played the following day, which will be two weeks from today. We're going to have... A gourmet vegan dinner served by Chef Heather Bergeron and uh, raw Chef Eden Love. And Megan Shackelford's going to be providing vegan cheesecakes. Is That's that right. right? <laughs> it's true. There might, be, there might be a new chocolate Kahlua cheesecake. Chocolate Kahlua cheesecake. Yes. And the price will be $30. And the proceeds will go to the Vegan Bus Project. And what else? Dennis Cromit will be there and some other special unannounced as of yet guests, but check uh, the Vegan Radio website 
and you'll, for updates on that. And you'll get to come and be on an, a live show. And that's going to be a live show. It's going to be a live lot of fun. studio audience. That's right. Yeah, it's going to be fun. A lot of fun. Better a be lot there. Of fun. Do you want to do some news? I sure do. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing more. Nothing more that I'd like to do. What's going on in the world of WIC? Okay, in WIC. Let them eat tofu, the government says. That's one of the new food products being offered under a major overhaul of the Women, Infants, and Children program known as WIC. But primarily, the Agriculture Department wants more fruits, vegetables, and whole grains on the plates of poor women and children, and less milk, cheese, eggs, and juice. The department calls the change the first major revision of the program in 30 years. The changes will be effective in February, and state agencies will then have 18 months to implement them. The program serves about 8 million people. Eric Steiner, the department's associate administrator for special nutrition programs, said WIC recipients typically have diets deficient in whole grains, fruits, and vegetables. He said there's also prevalence of obesity among the population. The reduction of other products, such as dairy, were made both to keep the cost of the program from rising and to improve nutrition. The revised packages have less saturated fat and cholesterol, and this is accomplished by reducing the quantities of milk and cheese, Steiner said. And Excellent. As far as I can say, WIC, um, I've known people who've had jobs at WIC, and it is it has been a dire situation. It's dairy hell. Yeah, it's like if you're lucky if you can get like some peanut butter, and there's like very there were very few vegan options. So this is this it's is good news. Be, yeah, I've, yeah, I've heard they. Well, I mean, I think they get used as a, a dumping ground for all the excess dairy that's subsidized by the government. So yeah, and they that in turn gets dumped into uh, poor people's bodies. <clears throat> true, true. And as a new member of the poor class, uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to some tofu <laughs> myself. <laughs> Derek, 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 are you going to be participating in WIC? <laughs> Pretty soon after the government repossesses everything, I don't know. Um, I think you might you might not uh, know that you have to have a child to be... Well, to, uh, I'm sure I've got one somewhere. To be support, to be a uh, part of WIC, you need to have like a, a toddler. The vegan bus is my child. <laughs> um, so, and some other, other uh, more... More pressing Nasty news. news. <laughs> Um, there's this pig farmer in uh, Canada that's been convicted of serial killings. Can you believe what? it? What? You didn't hear about this? No, oh, I didn't. You're not plugged in like I am. I know. You know how I am. Um, British Columbia, a jury convicted a 58-year-old pig farmer yesterday. Well, yesterday was uh, December 9th, <laughs> but... <laughs> Derek, get yourself together. My mother's birthday, December 9th, <laughs> of murdering six women, handing him an automatic life sentence, but finding that the killings were not planned. Robert Willie Picton still faces 20 more murder charges for the deaths of women, most of them prostitutes and drug addicts from a seedy Vancouver neighborhood. If convicted on all the charges, he would become Canada's most prolific serial killer. A conviction for any murder in Canada carries a mandatory sentence of life in prison, and he will be sentenced tomorrow on the 10th of December. <laughs> when the judge will decide when Picton might be eligible for parole. During his trial, a prosecution witness, Andrew Bellwood, said Picton told him how he strangled his alleged victims and fed their remains to his pigs. <gasps> oh, my God. Health officials once issued a tainted meat advisory to neighbors who might have bought pork from Picton's farm, concerned the meat might have contained human remains. Oh, my God. 
Straight out of a horror movie. Ah, I didn't hear about that. It's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, it is. There's the classic starting with animals and moving on to humans. Uh, Human women. Human women, yeah. Uh. (laughs) (laughs) I I gotta say, I don't really know what to say after that one. You know? Uh. (laughs) See, if Scott was here, he'd have something witty to say. Oh, I'm sure. Well, this is, I mean, you know, that's why he's our our third co host. Scott Free. Scott Free is good radio. We're no cares in the world. <laughs> We're getting out scot-free. <laughs> um, and we have some other sad news. More murders in the works. Uh, slaughterhouse. It's going to be a new slaughterhouse in western Massachusetts. That's not good. One year after the fire that leveled one of the region's last remaining slaughterhouses, its owners, who had already been planning expansion to meet the demand, are trying to nail down financing for a meat processing facility that would be three times larger in which virtually everyone agrees is sorely needed. <laughs> they obviously didn't consult us. Uh, it's been a long road, said Richard Adams Sr., co-owner of the 50-year-old Slaughterhouse that was part of a 129-acre Beardston Road farm that produced meat from about 500 steer pigs, goats, and lambs a week from around Massachusetts, Connecticut, New Hampshire, and Vermont, before being leveled by a blaze at the bus- busiest time of year. I, I don't know about this blaze. I hadn't heard about that, so I don't know if it was uh, arson or what. Um, the okay. family has already cleared the site of what will be an 11,000-square-foot slaughterhouse and hopes to pour concrete footings in the next few weeks for a metal building that would house equipment bought from the shutdown meat processing plants elsewhere. The design incorporates a state-of-the-art, stress-free holding area for animals designed by the legendary autistic livestock consultant Temple Grandin. Oh, no. Not that Temple Grandin. Screw you, Grandin. <laughs> Showing her true You're colors You're a legend again. in your own mind. <laughs> You're going to be a legend in hell. Terrible. <laughs> your suffering will be legendary even in hell, Grandin. And uh, let's see. John Wheeler of Wheelview Farm in Shelburne said that he and other farmers have gotten together to share the time and expense of traveling to alternative slaughterhouses in Goffston, New Hampshire, Benson, Vermont, or Cannon, New York. Other facilities are so busy they're not able to take our work, he said. And farmers have to keep their animals longer than they would otherwise have to. We had to tell them some stories we couldn't supply them. It's causing a lot of problems. Now, here's a really bad part. The state is uh, pretty much funding the whole thing. Oh, classic. The need for federally inspected slaughterhouses is also apparently clear to the state, (laughs) which awarded the Adams Farm a $300,000 Agricultural Innovation Center grant last May as well as a $75,000 Agricultural Viability Program grant. And uh, the operation's projections for 2008 estimate more than 16,000 cattle, sheep, goats, and calves, that's veal, passing through the facility up by about one-third from 2006. So much energy put into torture and killing. So much taxpayer money. I know. Sick. Yep. So that's where your money's going, kids. Kids. <laughs> kids. That's my new one. That's a that's, that's a palm That's why meat and dairy can be cheap while we have to pay lots of money for soy milk and tofu. Yeah, and like it's like an a, outrage. <laughs> like a lot of people don't know this, but if you if your hamburger was not subsidized by the government, then you'd be oh, paying. We have a call. We have a call. You could be paying twelve dollars for a hamburger. But because you get because they get so much grant money from the government, it keeps keeps it yeah. cheap. Scott. We got Scott on the line. We got third co-host Scott on the line. 
live from England. Are you there, Scott? What? Oh, hello, <laughs> Derek. How are you, mate? <laughs> I think your mate's in England with you, isn't she? <laughs> well, she's not exactly my mate yet. She's just my girlfriend at this time. Is that me? Oh, my God. A fine bird. You guys, you guys haven't consummated yet? What's going <laughs> on? What? Oh, Derek. I'm afraid that. That's, That's between me and my bird, man. <laughs> you picked up an accent already, Scott. Wow. Yeah, well, I have been here an entire two weeks now. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> and I've got one of the worst English accents you've ever heard. <laughs> You're doing pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah. You might add that into the repertoire. Well, I've, I've learned a lot, actually, since I've been here. So. Oh, yeah? What's oh, the most... more about England than you would ever want to know. What's the craziest thing that you have encountered in England? Besides Claire. <laughs> well, you know, I went to London yesterday, and I would say London is the craziest thing I've encountered in England. Yeah. How so? <laughs> it's just hellish there. <laughs> it's just so full of tourists and big buildings, and it's just old. I went to see the, uh, it's just the old. Buckingham Palace, and it, it looks like a warehouse. Really? Well, it's not pretty. Did you try any good vegan food out there yet, or have you been uh, eating dairy and meat? No dairy and meat. I've, I've had to, uh, actually, you know, a, a lot of places out here, and a lot, most of them actually, offer vegan options on their menus. And, uh, and there's an awful lot of vegan places, or vegetarian places, too. Like, they have this area called the Lanes, which is sort of like, you know, um, on the south end of the town. And uh, over there, they've got, like, all these places, like vegetarian shoes, and uh, the Beanstalk and Terra Terre and Red Veg and all these places that are, like, specifically vegetarian. And then, uh, you know, any place else you go, uh, it has something that they'll make vegan or vegetarian. But that's, and, in, that's in London. No, I'm in, uh, I'm in Brighton and Hove. Oh, okay. okay. Sussex on the south side, uh, south of London by about, I don't know, about an hour train ride from London. Oh, and okay, it's a, cool. It's a beach resort, essentially. Wow. Yeah, they've got a big place called the Royal Pavilion, which George IV built as his summer house. And uh, I just toured there the other day, and uh, it's lovely. It's built with all these big minarets on it and stuff. I just toured there the other day. Listen to you. <laughs> oh, yeah. I chilled out with the royals. <laughs> Talked about, you know, the, the downside of inbreeding. And they, they tended to agree with me. It wasn't such a great thing. Nice. Um, but, uh, yeah, was, I've been... You know, trying to get around and see the sights. I've taken loads and loads of photographs. Oh, great. Yeah. So but, uh, can... you know, they've got different terms for things over here, too. Like what? Like, it took me a while to get adjusted. Well, like, uh, if you want to order an eggplant or something with eggplant, they don't know what that is, but it's called an aubergine. Ah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Right? And cilantro is called coriander. Yeah. I guess it's coriander. Soy is called soya. You know, if you're looking for the second story of a building, it's actually the first floor. If you want <laughs> well, that makes you ask sense. for chips, you'll get French fries. I knew that one. For crisps. If you want oatmeal, you got to ask for porridge. <laughs> you know, if you want okra, you have to ask for ladyfingers. Whoever Cheese. wants okra, come on. <laughs> I, I do. I want lots of it. Really? <laughs> have you found any vegan blood pudding? Ah! No, but, I, you know, I think I will now that you mentioned it. <laughs> Yeah, what's the, Keep what's, on the lookout. what's the weirdest vegan item you've eaten or seen so far? The weirdest vegan item. Wow. Is there any oh, yeah. like any faux what? thing that they've concocted? No. Well, I went to this place, uh, which, you know, is called Sanctuary. Um, 
and it's a little cafe, and they have, you know, some nice vegetarian things. They had a vegetarian breakfast, but when I got there, they were all out, so I just got the regular breakfast without the eggs, uh, and they made it, you know, vegetarian style. So they gave me this uh, sausage, which was kind of crispy on the outside and kind of mushy on the inside, and I didn't really, I wasn't too fond of it. They also also served it with baked beans, which, you know, really sweet, brown, you know, syrupy beans, and as a breakfast food, I can see, you know, the English really dig that, but, you know, I wasn't so into it. You know, half the plate was toast, so I don't know. And then they I may go there again and challenge them to provide, you know, to impress me. (laughs) Good luck. Impress me. Make sure you use your accent. That's right. (laughs) That way you'll both be impressed. (laughs) (laughs) Right, maybe I'll maybe I'll you know pretend to be a royal. So when are you coming home, Scotty? (laughs) When are you coming home? Let's see. Our show our Uh, show's dying without you, Scott. I know. I thought Megan was like the main person here, but uh, it turns out it's you. Oh come on! (laughs) I'm one. I'm a main person. I think I just provide a good counterpoint for everything. (laughs) Uh, You do. I'm a good listener. You have good witticisms that we're that we're missing after our witticisms after our news stories. We need some of your witticisms. Yeah. Well. Do you have any good? <laughs> I was actually, you know, I thought I, might, I should collect the news stories and, like, you know, I try and find something here in England that was like really newsworthy. But actually, you know, I couldn't find anything, you know, timely. <clears throat> Natalie Portman's coming out with a new line of vegan shoes. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, I saw that. And you know, actually, there's another place in the lanes called Vegetarian Shoes, which I've been meaning to check out. Oh uh, yeah, um, they're 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 like the original. Really. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We oh, used, good. Maybe, we used, uh, when we first went vegan, we used to have to order our shoes from overseas. Yeah. And they would come, and we wouldn't know if they would fit or anything. Uh huh. Yeah, it's true. The sizes are different. Yeah, uh, it was a whole process. They would send you like a chart so you could figure out how big your feet were. Right. Right. Fascinating. Everybody's <laughs> fascinated. Well, I'm coming back on the ninth. Oh, good. Uh, which I understand uh, there's actually going to be a strike at Gatwick Airport if things aren't settled with uh, some of the workers at the airport. So it's fortunately the strike was going to be like on the 7th for 24 hours and then like the 11th for 48 hours. So it, uh. I get right in between like, right. <laughs> actually, I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy it because they're going to be striking one day and then I'm, they're not going to be not striking during the day I'm traveling and then they're going to be striking again. So I have a feeling I'll be getting a lot of like dirty looks. <laughs> you travelers but we'll see bloody Hopefully american well we hope you make it back for our 50th anniversary show our 50th yeah, 50 episode years. i can't believe it 50 and, uh, years can okay. you imagine on the radio 50 years <laughs> they didn't even oh. know what vegans were when we started it's true there was no such word as vegan they didn't even have radio back then i don't think they even invented vegetables at that point the next show is going to air on your birthday so that's pretty exciting i know are we having a maybe a we big, can spank uh, you on the radio Gonna have a big cake. <laughs> You're gonna be the big five zero on the fiftieth show. <laughs> Vegan cheesecake. I <laughs> know. <laughs> I'm only turning twenty nine. <laughs> oh, Scotty. Scott, you you have any parting words of England that yeah, you want to give us? Yeah, we gotta get to our next guest, or she's gonna get upset. Oh well, uh, I've got this to say. I'm coming back. I like it here. I want to come back to this place during the summertime. It's going to be a, a little more interesting here in this because it's you know it's a beach resort. Yeah. 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 And uh, I don't know. I, I so love things the are good with Claire. Back. She hasn't kicked you out yet. No, no. She she uh, she just adores how how much of a challenge I am. <laughs> <laughs> 
Let's Scott and, finish. Uh, so you love oh, you, you know, love actually, the English. I met some great vegans. We had a vegan Christmas Day dinner oh, and nice. uh, really great food. A, a nut roast. I mean, it do was they have tofurkey over there? What's that? Do they have tofurkey over there? Uh, you know, they might, but we totally went and we're anti tofurkey for the holiday. We're Good just, for uh, you. Good you know, for you. We're trying to be more creative about it, and I think we did extremely well. Cool. Excellent, Scott. Oh yeah. So you love the English. You're going back for more. <laughs> I do. Me and the English were like this, and I'm, I'm holding up my hand with my fingers. Kind of <laughs> uh, we're like this. nice. My people. Well, that's right. that's Scott in England calling on Skype, and I think Indeed. he's our furthest furthest away guest so far. Furthest away guest. Furthest. <laughs> Is the further, <laughs> furthermost. Perhaps Derek will be okay someday. Megan, remember not to laugh into the microphone. Oh, yes. I guess I pierced somebody's eardrum at one point, one of our, one of our sure overseas listeners. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of deaf former vegan radio listeners. Yeah, oh, anymore. stop. Stop. <laughs> yeah, fortunately, you're not going to hurt Claire's ears. She's got tinnitus. Tinnitus? That's right. Does she really? Did you do that to her? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure. I think she's been listening to vegan radio a bit too much. Now. Yeah. All yeah. right, Scotty. All right, Scott. Well, we're looking forward to your return. We'll, we'll see you soon. Plenty of work for you when you get here. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Scotty Latane in England. So did you know, Megan, that today is the Iowa caucuses? I did. Who's your nominee? Dennis Kucinich. Dennis Kucinich. I made a little uh, Dennis Kucinich montage, and he's going to be in Keene, New Hampshire tonight. Uh, giving a talk. I guess he's playing his cards on New Hampshire instead of Iowa, but anyone out there in Iowa, uh, you're probably not listening to us. <laughs> <laughs> well, certainly not to the live show. Yeah. Well, they could get it streaming online. Yeah. A lot of people talking about your wife and the fact that she's over three decades younger and she's statuesque and beautiful and has a pierced tongue. What do you make of the attention on her? a U.S. representative from Ohio, and of course this year again a Democratic candidate for president, Congressman Dennis Kucinich. Congressman, how are you doing? What's going on? Well, the, the most important thing I would tell you, Hannah, as a professional, is it's important not to trivialize a woman who has worked on international humanitarian matters. Here's a woman of great accomplishment with a master's degree in international conflict resolution, and I hope that you're going to talk about more than a tongue stud. <laughs> but, you know, I'm a presidential candidate. I have to be willing to go into the lion's den. And, uh, and, and, I'm a and I'm a vegetarian and a vegan, you know? I mean, you go, you know, maybe, maybe the lion doesn't want to eat me because I'm a vegan. I don't know. <laughs> Congressman Kucinich, uh, I believe you're the only person on this stage who had a chance to vote on the Patriot Act right after 9-11, who voted against it yeah, right that's away. That's because I read it. That's, just, that's because I read it. What are you going to do about this president? And for that matter, the vice president, because they're out of control, and, and the Congress isn't doing anything. I, Thank you. Thank you, Congressman. It's called impeachment, and you don't wait. You do it now. All right. You I'll don't stop. wait. Suzanne, got, Suzanne has another question. Now. But, but I, I, I want to... Impeach them now. Oh, yeah. 
And, and, and speaking of medical, you're a vegan. Vegan, right? Eat me because I'm a vegan. But you don't eat meat, right? No, I don't. Well, that's a vegan, isn't it? Eat me because I'm a vegan. You know, since I've been on a vegan diet, uh, my blood pressure is consistently 90 over 60, and I have a tremendous amount of energy. You know, I can I can go at full speed for 18, sometimes 20 hours a day. With sex? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Are you kidding? I mean, <laughs> I am not for you. I mean, I'll be... Well, she is the new bride of Congressman Dennis Kucinich, and she is one of Cleveland's most interesting people. You know, I want to run away and hide at that point. <laughs> I believe peace is inevitable. I don't believe the war is inevitable. This is why the global war on terror is a hoax. Because the fact that it's just a pretext for more war. Because I view the world as one and see the world as interconnected and interdependent, as president, I'll bring a vision of a world that can actually coexist peacefully. I think people are waiting for an American president who says, Eat me because I'm a vegan. Eat me because I'm a vegan. Because I'm a vegan. Eat me because I'm a vegan. And you're listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio. And we're going to have Carolyn Dupontan. Dupontan. Carolyn? Yes. Hello. Hi there. <laughs> oh. Flying so, by the seat of our pants, Carolyn. Yeah. <laughs> this, we have more technical difficulties than you can imagine. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. <clears throat> you have a cookbook called Conscious Eating? Oh, it's called Enlightened Eating. Enlightened Eating. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to bring it with me. You did? Well, we I, are flying by the CD. <laughs> <laughs> I actually, I did make a couple of recipes out of it last night, though. So, oh, good for you! I made the um, Thai. It's like a stir fry. Yes. How was it? That was really good. It was good. a big hit, and we made uh, a pecan pie. Oh, cool! Which was also very good. Good. I think I might have overcooked it a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, that happens. That happens. That's me. Um, yeah, I like to call it, it's, it's a recipe book as well as a nutrition book because the first third of it at least is uh, more so the information as to how to transition properly to a, a vegetarian diet. Right. And you have, and it's about half raw? Yeah, I try to encourage people to go in that direction. So I've included a lot of uh, uh, the raw recipes that I have enjoyed over the last five years of really diving into that myself. And how much raw do you do? Well, it depends. Right now I'm looking at about three feet of snow outside my window. <laughs> <laughs> In the wintertime, um, I am a little more drawn towards some cooked foods, particularly in the evening. Mm-hmm. Um, but I try to do uh, at least 70% every day. That's or at a- least that's where I naturally kind of re- evolve towards. I mean, I have done 100% for as much as six months at a time. Mm-hmm. So I sort of play with it. But it, it, it I, I lately I've been more apt to sort of listen to my body and see how it how it feels and what it wants and um as i say with the cold weather and uh the less access to fresh foods i tend to do a little more stews and soups and um millet and quinoa and steamed vegetables in the evening so where are you located that's got three feet of snow (laughs) (laughs) toronto ah (laughs) further north than us yeah, and it's we've, we're we're in a pretty big cold snap right now. It's uh, I don't know what we do Celsius, but Fahrenheit it's uh, about uh, five degrees. Wow. Yeah, we're in a little cold I think snap we're, ourselves. I think we're at ten degrees here, but so oh, do you, you're cold too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of snow I as you well. Were in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a different show, I think. 
<laughs> We're sorry, you got the generic vegan yeah. idea. <laughs> We're in Northampton, Mass. Oh, okay. Oh, you're in Massachusetts. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. So you, you've got very similar weather. Oh, Western. yeah. Yeah, a little tiny bit warmer and probably about the same amount of snow, it sounds like. Yeah. yeah. So we got hit pretty hard. Yeah, I think I think that's a lot of what a lot of people who have tried the raw diet have a hard time uh, carrying it out in the cold climates. Well, you know, it's that, and also um, I think for myself, anyways, when I was doing a lot of raw, it just started feeling not so right. Constantly buying tropical produce. Yeah. You know, it just uh, I just didn't want to do it anymore, and. Um, so I, I just uh, try as much as possible to stick with the local vegetables. I do, you know, winter salads with uh, cabbage and kale and things like that. And, um, I mean, I'm still eating bananas, and um, I froze some berries and stuff from the summer for my smoothies because I really, really like what raw does for me. But it's just really trying to find that balance between being ecological and healthy, you know. Yeah, I think that just makes a lot of sense to... Exactly what you said. Eat yeah. a lot of raw, but then kind of do the macrobiotic thing, which is kind of using local in-season produce. Exactly. What because I you have to look at the you have to look at the whole picture. Yeah, and you know what? I even if I could do a hundred percent raw, um, I don't think um, I don't think it's always the most healthy and balancing thing. I haven't seen really too many people do it um, in a in a really truly balanced way for a long period of time. I mm. think that. Um, we as, as humanity have been on cooked foods for such a long time that it's going to take a long time for our bodies to adjust to such a, uh, that type of a diet. Our digestive systems, I don't think, are really well adapted to digesting um, raw fiber, particularly in the greens. And I think it's huh. also um, a really high vibration diet. You really have to be pretty strong, I think, spiritually and emotionally and mentally to kind of hold, to have the body to to do well on that type of diet. So that's, that's sort of what I'm discovering through my own experiments with my body. And also with, um, because I have a lot of raw and do a lot of raw food classes, people who are trying to do raw up here do tend to come to see with see me as a nutritionist when they run into snags. And a lot of them really feel very invigorated at the beginning. And then, and then they start either feeling emotionally unstable or they're always going for the the crackers or the nuts and things like that. And, and I always say to them, you know, I'd rather see you eating cooked vegetables than a whole lot of dehydrated foods and nuts, you know? Right. So that's just been my experience so far uh, with with students and, and myself and my clients. So do you think somebody, it seems like a lot of people in the raw movement are from, are based in more tropical climates. Do you think that it's a more reasonable diet in that type of climate? Oh, yeah, for sure, because you have the, the local produce and um, also the weather, of course, supports that type of diet as yeah. well. Um, I don't know. I've never tried it in a, in a tropical climate, so I'm not sure how I would do, like in terms of staying grounded on that type of diet. Right. Um, but uh, certainly a lot of the raw foodists um, are down, as you say, in the warmer climates or they end up moving down there because they just can't do it up here anymore. Yeah, I mean, if you're in that climate, if you're in that area and there's like the tropical fruits growing on the trees. Oh, it just, I'm, I know. I mean, it, then it just, it just makes sense. And you're yeah. in the sun. It's just, a, it's a completely different experience. Yeah. But I think even, you know, as I look on some of the websites, even some of the 
people who are proponents of raw foods diet, um, many of them who are honest do say that, and even if they're living in, in warmer climates, do say that they like to add some cooked vegetables and steamed grains to their diet occasionally. And, and I see no reason why people should follow a 100% raw food diet just for the sake of being able to say that they're 100% raw food. Right. Because I think a lot of people do that and they don't really notice that maybe their health is suffering or maybe they don't feel very balanced, you know? Yeah. I like what you have said today resonates the most with me that I've, anything I've heard about raw food, even though I've never done a raw food diet, I've always felt that about, you know, 70 or 60% raw and then 40% cooked would be the optimal. You'd be getting, you know, so much like vitality and nutrition from the raw, but then you'd have the grounding of some of the the cooked whole grains and vegetables. It's not so much about just See, I think one of the, the, the things that's happened is that with the raw food movement, we have a lot of proponents saying, you know, oh, you've got to go 100% raw or not getting the benefits. And I personally didn't find that at all. Like when I was 100% raw, I felt great. But when I added cooked foods back, I still felt great. Yeah. You know, it wasn't a huge change for me. I mean, it's not like I was adding pizzas back, but <laughs> just, you know, some stews and things like that. And it's it's fine. It's great. And it felt very satisfying. And um, balanced and, and joyful, you know, because I still do like the curries and stews and the steamed vegetables. I really, really, really enjoy that. It's the most decadent recipe in your cookbook. Hmm. Um, the chocolate mousse pie has got to be up there. Yeah. It's. I don't know if you've done um, chocolate mousse, raw chocolate mousse, but it's uh, you combine avocado with fresh dates and uh, agave syrup and cocoa. Yeah. yeah, and that's the most part. And people are like flabbergasted that it's there's no fat, there's no eggs. Well, not there's no processed fat, there's no animal <laughs> fat, there's right. no eggs or sugar or anything like that. And it's really really nice with some strawberry sauce or raspberry sauce over it. Yeah, we had a we had a. Uh vegetarian meeting where we had somebody come in and they made that raw mousse yeah and people were they were like i can't believe it. <laughs> I, I can't believe it really because good. the avocados the fat of the avocados yeah. gives it that richness and that's what i find sometimes that's missing a little bit in raw desserts is that ri- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is that richness yeah yeah Dicks. yeah no it's really good i mean they're doing some brilliant things with with raw desserts, there's a, a girl up here in Toronto who owns the Live Cafe, and I just I can't believe the stuff she comes up with, and it's just just as good or better than anything with eggs and dairy and butter. Oh, that's fantastic! Yeah, yeah, I think the avocado is like the tofu of the raw food movement. I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, it's it definitely does help you to uh, I don't know, it gives that substance. I think. Eh? Yeah. What what um moved you to write the cookbook? Well, I've been, um, oh gosh, I've been on this nutrition journey for about 18 years. After my son was born, um, he's 19 now, I really just was so fascinated with what I was going to eventually feed this child, you know, and uh, so wanted to make the right choice that would um, help him to to thrive in all ways. And I was home, um, because he was a newborn, and so I took some time off work, and, and I just dove into um, the world of nutrition, and um, I was so amazed at what I was learning and what I had, not, you know, not known for so many years with our with the you know regular four food groups processed diet, and so that's that sort of began my studies, and um, I tried really the whole gamut of, of types of diets from veganism to 
vegetarianism, Ayurvedic, macrobiotic, raw foods. I just kind of experimented, and I love being in the kitchen, so that was fun. And my kids were both great eaters, as was my husband. And and then I started teaching nutrition and collecting recipes. I think that nutrition is really about... um, not so much about supplements at all. I really think it's about getting people um, educated about using foods. And so over the years, I've collected a lot of information and articles that I've written and recipes, and um, I used to kind of put them together in this photocopied spiral-bound version of, 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 of my work and give it to people at my health, at my food classes and, and sell it at lectures I was doing. But um, two years ago, I just, I knew it was time to make it into a real book, and everything fell into place from the book designer to the artist who did the cover to uh, the publisher, and it was just um, kind of effortless. So, And here it is. Yeah, it's a really great cookbook. Thank you. Um, do you have any advice for people who have a New Year's resolution to eat healthier? Mm. How, to keep, <laughs> how to keep those resolutions? Yeah. You know what? I mean, resolutions, I mean, as we all know, they never last, right? And and the reason for that is that, um, not that they never last, but they don't last if you're not willing to go really deep into the reason why you're not making the right choices, right? And what I've discovered, and, and one of the reasons why I've begun to explore yoga and meditation more, is that people, although they have good intentions, and nowadays most people are very well educated as to what they should be eating yet they constantly battle with it. And what is sabotaging their efforts are their emotions, right? Mm-hmm. Like the mind says, I should have, you know, healthy food for dinner. But the emotions is sort comfort of Comfort food, comfort yeah, food. Yeah, take over, and you're, before you know it, you're, you're eating what you didn't think you wanted to eat. And so if emotions are, are the reason why we don't consistently make good health, the lifestyle choices, then that's what we have to deal with when we're looking to consistently make good choices. And so um, I would encourage people to begin to look at why they're making the choices they're making and how they feel when they're reaching for foods that they know aren't good for them and really beginning to dive into the world of emotion. And then from there, once the emotions begin to clear, then there's this... um, there's more of a steadiness with our choices because we're not being driven by the emotions. And I guess after 20 years or so of this myself, I just realized that uh, as much as you can have a lot of willpower, which I do, um, when the emotions kick in, there's no stopping them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so you're, it's, you're you know, encouraging people then to perhaps do a little yoga or meditation to try and start that balancing. Yeah, exactly. To look into not only the health of the body, which is often the reason why people might um, take on or begin a healthier diet, but, you know, the mind and the emotions and the spirit all have to be taken care of as well in order for us to really find that balance. And, um, you know, for myself, when I started making healthier lifestyle choices from exercise to, to the food, it was really mostly for the physical body. But then I began to realize that even though I was physically healthy, I wasn't always emotionally um, happy or, or mentally focused um, or even spiritually uplifted or connected to who I was. So when I began to look into those things, that sort of gave me more clarity around lifestyle and to the point where now good lifestyle choices are 
fairly effortless for me because the other things don't get in the way, you know. Carolyn. So I would encourage people to, to begin to, to begin that journey into discovering um, just who they really are and, uh, and have fun with that. And then what I find is that when people do that, the good lifestyle choices seem to naturally emerge, and it's not an effortful thing at all. It's not something you have to force yourself to do. It just happens. You're going to get in an award for my favorite guest, Carolyn, because oh, wow. because you because you're you're looking at the big picture and you're putting it all into perspective. And it's like it's not just one thing. It's not just eating a vegan diet. It's no. like taking care of yourself. Exactly. It's like having that you know being on that spiritual path, and then you'll get the balance. Exactly. And it's so it's what you know. It's funny because after I finished writing this book. Um, because I, as I say, I'm a pretty disciplined person, and a lot of what I've done, you know, in the, in the first part of my journey, has been just sheer willpower and discipline. And when I finished the book, I remember waking up one morning and saying to myself, "Okay, no more rules. Okay, mm. now what will I have for breakfast if there's no more rules?" You know. And so I had all these <laughs> dreams of, since I eat raw every breakfast, right? But I thought, oh, maybe I'll go have some buckwheat cereal. That was bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> and then, oh, maybe I'll have grilled cheese for lunch. You know, and so I was lying in bed, you know, imagining all these things that I had deprived myself of over the years. And I sort of laughed at myself because, of course, you know, my bad choices are probably most people's good choices. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, then I walked into the kitchen and, you know, once I gave myself permission to have anything I wanted to have, I actually walked into the kitchen and had a peach. I didn't really want the buckwheat cereal, although sometimes I have that. Um, but it's so much freer, and um, I find that when I just trust myself, I naturally make good choices anyways. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just feels, as I say, it just feels so much freer and more trusting of, of my my ability to naturally make those choices. Not saying that, you know, the discipline in the early years weren't helpful and probably have gotten me to where I am, but at some point, um, you know, just the trust in your, in your ability to make good choices if you just let go and be in the flow of, of your true self, and there it is, you know. Mm. As my friend Chris would say, beautiful, beautiful, <laughs> Carolyn. Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for coming on our show, Carolyn. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's my and, pleasure. And uh, your website is carolyndupont.com. Yeah. And your book is Enlightened Eating. <laughs> Nourishment for Body and Soul, yeah. And uh, we'll have that in our show notes at veganradio.com for people. It's been great talking to you. Thanks, Carolyn. Okay, have a yeah, great day. Well. And that was Carolyn Dupont. And uh, we have one more guest we're going to squeeze in very quickly. Barry Lovelace, our motivational speaker. He's going to help us with New Year's resolutions. I hope.
You're listening to Vegan Radio on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton 103.3 FM, online at www.veganradio.com. And this is Derek. This is Megan. And uh, we, our guest, Barry Lovelace, we weren't able to get hold of him. He ditched us. <laughs> <laughs> I think he got sick of waiting around because uh, we, we were running behind like usual. Um, so Megan's going to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> so Megan's going to run the show from here on out and talk about <laughs> resolutions for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah. You got any resolu- resolutions this year, Megan? <sighs> I got a whole bunch of resolutions. But, uh, you know, as Carolyn says, it's really... It's hard to stick with them, but yeah, I have I have uh, resolutions of better eating, even even better eating than I already do, um, and to do more meditation, to do more yoga, to have more balance in my life, as I'm sure a lot of people. Yoga is good for balance, wouldn't? <laughs> yes, yes, as you're always showing me. <laughs> <laughs> I am a yoga guru. So. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I don't know about that one. What are your resolutions? Um, well, I'm going to try to eat better. Yeah. You're going to try to go back on your raw. Uh, maybe your raw I'll do diet. the Carolyn DuPont uh, 70% raw idea. That would probably get me through the winter at least. Maybe I'll try the full raw thing in the summer again. Um, but I don't know. She she brought up some good points. Is it is it necessary to be a hundred percent raw, or is that just right? And I and I don't think so. I think that you can. I think I think I feel like you do need some of those cooked foods for the grounding effects. I think I'll just move to the tropics. <laughs> <laughs> well, with your millions, I mean, why not? Yeah. Well, I could probably you know I could make more money down there, have more energy. Yeah. Yeah. It, it seems like that's where you should be. <laughs> move, move vegan radio. I know you've been trying to get rid of me. <laughs> Scott and I will will uh, run vegan radio. Oh, I'm taking it with me. <laughs> <laughs> and for those of you not listening early in our show, we uh, we are having a 50th episode party at Cafe Evolution on December 16th, which is a Wednesday, two weeks from yesterday, and we're going to have a live recording of our show at the cafe as well as a vegan gourmet dinner. It's thirty dollars per person, and check uh, veganradio.com for more about that. What about a time? What about a time? Um, I think we're going to start recording around seven, maybe, or seven thirty. So probably uh, six thirty. We'll open the doors. Sounds good. And we have cheesecakes ready by then. You should not. You should not miss us because it's going to be gourmet fantabulous vegan dinner made by chef heather bergeron and um, chef eden love and chef eden love and there will be some fantastic vegan cheesecakes made by moi and uh, a special chocolate kalua cheesecake kalua. will be so this is your new thing did you invent it yourself <laughs> or you? no i got a new recipe from somebody and i really? think it's gonna be fantastic have you tried it yet what mm-hmm. you have oh yeah it's gonna be great Wow. What is it made out of tofu? <laughs> <laughs> uh, tofu cream cheese. Wow. <laughs> wow. That sounds good. I don't know if that's going to be part of your raw diet, though. You might have to I'll make an deny exception yourself. In, uh, for our 50th episode. Okay. Yeah, so I really encourage people to come down. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's a chance to be on a live broadcast, and you don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. And uh, for those of you who don't know, Dennis Cromit, local vegan musician, is going to be there. Um, here's music playing in the background. 
the murders of Cook Farm. <laughs> um, and he's been on two of our shows already, so this will be his third appearance on Vegan Radio. Yes, and he, while in between that time, he went from vegetarian to vegan. It's all because of us. And we're very proud of him. Uh-oh, we got a caller. Oh, could be very lovely. <laughs> could have him on for four minutes. I don't know. Keep talking, Megan. Keep talking. Keep talking. Well, nope. It's no very lovely. lost that one. All right. I, I think our vegan radio news, New Year's resolution should be to get these uh, technical bugs worked <laughs> out. And maybe we'll have to just pre-record the whole show at a different location. This I is, don't know. No, this is. I mean, this is Valley Free Radio. This is this is what you're gonna. Well, you're how gonna can they have call waiting on the the interview line? That's. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know either. But Eric's here. He'll tell us. <laughs> oh, Barry's on. Barry's right, on. We're going to talk to him very quickly. Barry Lovelace. We got three minutes with him. Are you there, Barry? Hey, guys. Hello. Hey, Barry. <laughs> How are you? Good. Uh, pretty good. We're sorry. We're having technical difficulties as usual. Sorry we uh, dissed you. That's a bummer. Yeah, that's right. I was calling, and uh, I figured something was wrong. So. Well, yeah, we had another interviewer on the line, and then uh, uh, we won't go into detail. Let's not worry about that. Barry, <laughs> Barry, what do you got for us? I don't know. What do you want to talk about? Um, three minutes. Tell us uh, how to achieve New Year's resolutions. Well, the, the best way, the number one way to achieve New Year's resolutions is to not set high expectations of yourself. Um, we oh. notice that all the time. Um, if you go from not working out for the last five years or have never worked out, but all of a sudden you want to lose weight and get in shape, and you start trying to exercise five, six days a week for an hour a day. <laughs> That'd be me. <laughs> yeah. that, that's the way I would do it. I'd be like, okay, now every day I'm yep. going to be there. That was yep. my plan, too. <laughs> yeah, it's, and it's hard. I mean, I highly suggest, you know, if you're just starting out and you have these goals, um, number one, you don't really have to wait till, um, for the new year. <laughs> So you can always start any time, but if yeah. you're going to wait until the new year to start, I highly suggest like three days a week, 15, 20 minutes of walking, and it depends on your fitness level. You know, if, if you've been working out on and off and now you're going to set your, you know, now you're really going to kick it in, then you can go a couple more days in higher intensity. But if you're just starting out, you got to start slow and start low, basically. Low intensity, nice and easy, because after two or three weeks, you're just going to be like, you know what? Nothing's changing, and it's not going to change. You know, what I mean? it's, it's very hard to, if you're just starting out, to see all these changes that you want to see within a month. Right. And again, you're just setting yourself up for failure, and then you stop. What are What are your resolutions? You got anything good? Oh my god! <laughs> things are so good. I don't even know. It would just be unfair, I guess, to have a resolution when things are going this well. Wow. <laughs> oh, man. Jeez, Barry, 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 give me some of your positivity. Megan, piercing, piercing, <laughs> Megan. <laughs> but I don't know if, if you know, there's a new, actually, there's a new, uh, I'm the fitness expert for LifeScape magazine in the UK. And actually, it's, it's uh, all over the world. But the other one I just found out about, which here people, people here may want to know about, is Echo Bella magazine, which I just um I'm going to be their fitness expert also, also and it's they're two really cool vegan magazines, um, organic, fair trade, the whole, you know, our cup of tea uh, magazine. Nice. Cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Well, um, 
We're going to have to cut you sh- really short this time. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have you back. Don't worry, Barry. Okay, no yeah, problem. We'll Don't get worry. you back in February um, uh, after Megan and I, I have been working <laughs> out for a month, and then we're going to... After our, our bodies have been primed, We're going to have before and after pictures online, <laughs> and you can tell us how we're doing. You guys are already buff. You're fine. You tell me how great my pecs and abs are. Yeah, I don't wow. <laughs> Stay away from that. <laughs> oh, come on, Barry. I know. Come, I love you. Come on, Barry. Where's the support? <laughs> where's the love? Okay, guys. All right. Well, oh, have happy a great... uh, 50th um, show. Yeah, Thank happy you. new year, and we'll talk to you very soon. All right, guys. Have a good day. Bye. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. Well, that's it. I think we're out of time, baby. Okay. You got uh, a song, another song uh, by I Dennis? I got so many songs. Give us an outro song. I don't, I don't know if song. I have any more Dennis. But no uh, more Dennis? You've, you you got the CD. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the CD. <laughs> I got the CD in the divorce. <laughs> um, I got some, uh, some of our favorite beloved binge here, though. Okay, great. Go vegan. Bye, everybody. Go vegan. Our next show is going to be really good. Check it out. Strangers are